Greetings and salutations, cool cats and cuties. Welcome to the anime podcast of some sort. I'm DJM. I'm also David Majors. I'm the host of this show, my co-host and partner in podcasting crime, Jack D. Allister. What's up, Jack? We're doing APOS again. We certainly are. Hello, everyone. How are you all? I'm excited. I can't, I can't, not wait. Cannot wait. Simply one moment further. David, we got a guest. I'm we so excited. Have, yes, we have a guest. We certainly do. Uh, it is the pleasure of APOS uh, to introduce uh, a new guest to the show, uh, coming to us uh, courtesy of Thoughts That Move, writer and contributor at Country Roll, uh, master of moving thoughts himself, Mr. Tim Retray. Tim, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say the typical things people would say here. Thank you for having me. But like, seriously, you know, glad to be here. You know, I met you guys on Twitter and it's been, uh, we've gotten on well. So it's cool to finally be doing a podcast. Not my common thing, but hey, here speaking. That's weird. Speaking and being heard by at least a couple of people. Uh, uh, Jack and, and I, if nobody else, we're, and we're pretty much okay with it. So thanks again for coming on. Yeah, uh, so nice to be here. Yeah, and and a big cartoon we're gonna start off with, uh, the the biggin, the the biggest one of all, uh, Dragon Ball Super had a big announcement saw. recently. Uh, another Dragon Ball movie because they they're churning them out again because Dragon is Ball it, is back. Is it Super Saiyan God Vishnu Super Saiyan now? Is that like the new? I'm trying to figure out the hierarchy. I'm trying to get ahead of the curve here. Uh, no, but they are bringing back a tried and true favorite for the current era of Dragon Ball. And yes, folks, the new Dragon Ball Super movie will be all about Broly, the legendary Super yeah. Saiyan of days gone by. Uh, the official announcement was on July 10th, and it will be called Dragon Ball Super Broly, with the tagline, The Greatest <laughs> Enemy, Saiyan. They're, they're really what? kind of stretching their creative <laughs> muscles on that one. Such a terrible title. Yeah, man, they really had to think hard. I, I, I want to be in that a fly on the wall in that boardroom meeting where it took all of three minutes for them to realize, you know what, the best way to sell this is just to tell people the character that's in the movie. That'll just get people in the theater. You don't need to say much more. Well, I mean, I guess I'm not really one to talk because with my last creative endeavor that I've been working on, I took the title of a song about marijuana and made it a, a title about nuclear. F so I'm not really in any position to judge, but Broly, Broly's good. I like Broly. Let's talk about Broly. Let's talk about Broly. This is, the... not a, this is not a terrible concept, despite the terrible title. Uh, no, this is all very much real, and it's looking like for the very first time, officially, 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 Broly is canon. Now, for all you Dragon Ball fans out there, this has been a long, ongoing debate because of the past movies in Dragon Ball. Uh, Broly's place in the canon has always been kind of a gray area. And now that we're in the Dragon Ball Super area, uh, era, sorry, uh, it's seeming like they're moving Broly into the canon. Uh, Tim, 
if, if you're a fan of Dragon Ball, uh, how do you feel about this now that this uh, long-standing legendary character Broly's now being brought back to the present? All right, so I'm about to lose my anime cred here. Um, the most Dragon Ball I was. Uh, the most Dragon Ball I've seen was a few random episodes when I was a kid. Um, but honestly, my Dragon Ball knowledge is pretty low outside of like knowing the names and knowing some general plot points. But Broly, I mean, that's the name I maybe have heard, but that is probably outside my realm of knowledge. There is right, no well, shame in that. Well, for for the folks at home that don't know, Broly was a character that had been in a few of the Dragon Ball movies back in the day during the first Dragon Ball Z boom. His story is essentially that he was a Saiyan that was near baby Goku at the time. Broly was super crazy powerful as a baby. However, he started to go insane because little baby Kakarot wouldn't stop crying. And that haunted him and drove him insane, and he was only able to be controlled by his father, until he wasn't. And along with that, in the movies, Broly is pretty much unbeatable. He destroys everyone all the time. He's he's kind of a broken character. And now that they're bringing him back with all the Super Saiyan God Super Saiyans and Super Saiyan Blue and Ultra Instinct, that's going to give everyone that loved Dragon Ball Z back in the day just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Jack, how are you feeling about this? Well, I'm kind of in the middle of the two of you, David, actually, in the fact that... um you know, when we do talk about fighting games, uh, I haven't spoken up a whole lot while we were talking about Dragon Ball Super. It's, you know, something that I'm kind of like on the cusp of, but I definitely, you know, have enjoyed, you know, a, a, a good chunk at this point of Dragon Ball Super. And I like me some Broly from back in the day from watching the book film. So uh, I am all for this. I'm very excited. Even with my, you know, middling amount uh, I had no idea that there was this big dispute about him being canon, but this is going to be good for fans for sure. And I'm definitely excited for the movie, even though it has a terrible, terrible original Japanese title. Please fix that localization. Uh, how how much of Dragon Ball Super, the current era of Dragon Ball, have you caught, Jack? Not the very, very current. No, 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 no. I am still like in like the teens, unfortunately, but you know, we'll catch up. We'll catch up. Well, well, it's done now. So you got time. You, I do. You got time. I do. I enjoy me some, uh, some ended <laughs> series that I can actually catch up, up to us. Hopeless cause that one piece continues to be. Anyway, <laughs> uh it, it will never end well, i'm pretty we, sure we won't say the o word no no well one o word we will say is octopath octopath Octopussy? traveler what what's this yeah it's one of those video games that just came out uh tim oh wow uh, y- you've been playing octopath traveler right so uh i want to let's get your take on it i know you just started playing this new game that just came out octopath traveler what's up Okay, so ever since the Nintendo Switch is a major announcement, basically they had like a trailer and then they had like this January 20, gosh, what year, 2017 
uh, reveal. And one of the games that Square Enix revealed was Octopath Traveler at the time called Project Octopath Traveler. And it's this amazing, um, it just like I, I could have seen one screenshot and been sold on this game. As somebody who's a massive JRPG enthusiast, uh, seeing this old school, you know, 2D sprite style kind of meshed with this uh, side perspective uh, 3D world um, with, a, with a texturing that is evocative of that 2D sprite style. It's just is one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen, if I'm being honest. So when I knew it was coming out this year, definitely the most anticipated game I had. Uh, and I will say, having played about 13 hours so far, uh, I'm mostly not disappointed. It's it's hitting the right buttons for someone who's been craving this old school style of JRPG. Uh, and I'm really happy to say that because a lot of the major franchises these days, like Final Fantasy and etc., um, or even franchises that came later uh, after like the turn-based style, such as Kingdom Hearts, they all kind of trend in a more action-oriented or fully action-oriented, I guess, direction. That's less my style. So, yeah, I'm happy with it. So this is a more for full-blown RPG rather than like a Final Fantasy tactics or Disgaea type game. Right. So it's not a turn-based um, strategy game. It's more of a it's more of the traditional like Final Fantasy style um, turn-based. Where you, you know you RPG. Four, yeah, RPG exactly. Um, and it's a sixty-dollar premium game. You know, a lot of these old-school style of games are usually smaller, either indie games or even like Square Enix might put out something that's you know, smaller in scale. I mean, you really have like only Atlas putting out like 3DS games of that type. And I mean, yes, you have like Persona, but um, to have like a a sprite based uh, $60 game that is like the full package is complete rarity these days. So yeah, it really is a throwback in all ways, like a premium. Uh, it's a premium experience. Well, it seems like it's really blowing up because I'm just reading on IGN earlier today that Square Enix just released a statement apologizing because it's flying off the shelves and they underestimated the stock and the demand. So it looks like the market for JRPGs, and, and honestly, it seems like with the success of the Nino Kunis of the world and even to an extent the last story... Uh, it seems like JRPGs, the market for them never really subsided. It just seemed like uh, some of the larger games, the Final Fantasies of the world, opted to go in another direction. But it seems like this game, Octopath Traveler and others, really seems to be scratching an itch for you. Is, is that what I'm getting? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest way that JRPGs of this turn-based style have been kept alive is probably the Persona series. Um, I feel like that brought a lot of people back into this style of gameplay, and there's been a lot of interest. Um, but, you know, I feel like a lot of people who were interested in that uh, in that game have started to, you know, see games like this and be like, okay, that's something I could be interested in. That's just my theory. But I mean, there's always been like a fan base, and I think this is one of those things where companies don't realize these fan bases exist, and they just, you know, chase this goose of like oh, action games are in, you know, big flashy spectacles, you know, let's go for that. When there's still like an audience for this older, you know, this older style, I hate to even call it an older style, but like, you know, something that is now considered antiquated by many, but, you know, obviously there is an audience. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I actually didn't know that, but that's not surprising to me because I think anything you put on Switch uh, is going to do well because that platform 
uh, really lends itself to people just buying a bunch of games. I mean, especially on the eShop. And I guess that's the nice thing is that, like, even though it's flying off the shelf, like, you can buy it on the system. Um, I also would probably assume that they understocked, you know, significantly because they figured, you know, oh, it's not like an action type thing. You know, it's going to be a very niche audience. And then because, this, you know, anything goes on the Switch these days, really, uh, it happened to be a huge success. But I'm happy to hear that. I hope more games like this come out because of it. Uh, out of the Final Fantasy series, my absolute favorite is definitely six, and I don't really know a whole lot about the series after that, so I'm certainly with you on that. My only thing is even some contemporary releases, and you're right, a lot of them are indie based, but um, you know, even the ones that are from bigger companies tend to lower have lower prices for these kinds of sprite based games, so maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's a big AAA release, but uh, Octopath was definitely something that I had my sights on as well. So it's good to hear that it is uh, interesting. Are there any features about it that you would say um, lend itself to? But what would, what would what would entice people to check it out? Okay, so the premise of the game. And this is this is going to be both a positive and I don't want to call it a negative, but maybe a disappointment for some people. The premise of the game is that there are eight different characters, each with their own stories, and you pick one to start off and you can go meet the other ones and you go off on adventures. Now, what a lot of people thought uh, this was going to be when the game was announced was that you would go pick up these different characters and they would kind of have an intertwined adventure. What it more comes down to is like four, eight different vignettes of which the characters in the cutscenes are not with any of the other characters. So it's kind of like eight separate stories. And the characters come together when you're roaming around and going into battles. So it's there's kind of a disconnect there. But in a lot of ways, it also it, it works because each of the eight stories I'm finding is really compelling. And to be able to like pick how you're going to tackle those, like in what order, and all also um, especially for like side quests, there are like multiple different ways to do them. I feel like there's a lot of freedom. The game at least feels like there's a lot of freedom. It feels like an open world in some ways, even though there's a lot of like linear pathways that you're going down um so that feels so that's kind of so that's fun um i think if you like the old school style of uh turn-based combat this is definitely a unique take on it you basically uh charge each turn in combat you basically get a little uh let's call it a a mana crystal or i can't remember what they call it but like a boost like a little little node and you can get up to five and you can use those to charge up attacks and there's a lot of like strategy and when you do that so it's got a, a combat system that, you know, harkens back to that while also putting its own spin on things. So you're not just getting like, oh, here's Chrono Trigger or here's Final Fantasy VI or any Final Fantasy, you know, it's, it's doing it its own thing, which is good because a lot of these games also are like, hey, we're just going to give you the thing you've seen before. But no, this one is giving you what you like, but also making it feel new and fresh. And so maybe that that's good. kind yeah. of the issue with a lot of the major JRPG franchises is that uh, they want to find ways to give fans of the games and, and of the genre what they want and what they're looking for. But also at the same time, they don't want to be stagnant. And I think sometimes uh, – and I'm going to make a very – appropriate comparison for myself here on this one uh, because I like seeing a game like this do well and seeing the JRPG fans getting something that is satisfying because speaking for myself a game that is a 90s style platformer 
that has come back and had a lot of success is Sonic Mania and now the newly released Sonic Mania Plus uh, because it had a healthy mix of that classic Sonic the Hedgehog style platforming but it also had some new elements and incorporated some new things and I think a lot of times gamers that appreciate a certain type of thing they want that thing to stay the same however game developers they can only do that for so long uh every game franchise that is long running has to innovate just for the sake of the developers themselves i think to try new things new game mechanics while still trying to maintain the core of what it is and it sounds like what it sounds like is Octopath Traveler has a lot of good JRPG elements that will give fans of that genre something really satisfying while also creating something innovative. Is that it? Yeah, I mean, I would say so. I mean, I guess this system, some people, I haven't played this game personally, but it's been compared to Bravely Default in some way. Um, so I know there's some, and that's another uh, JRPG that came out in the 3DS. Um, I haven't played it personally. Some people are kind of comparing it to that, but honestly, like it pretty much is its own fresh thing. So yeah, I would say so. I would even say Sonic Mar- Sonic Mania is a pretty good comparison. Um, other than you know Sonic Mania, obviously it's coming from like an established franchise, but uh, yeah, I mean that's it, it, I think it's probably hitting on the same notes for JRPG people that Sonic Mania hit on for platform people, or like that uh you know by that same token, a uh, Mario Maker hit on for you know Mario fans, that kind of thing. All right. It- if I were going to add anything to this, um, <laughs> is that I am excited to try Octopath Traveler. However, that is financially speaking going to be a while. And I guess if I were going to say anything to uh, tell people to tide them over for any hype is that there is an indie developer that particularly has a really excellent grasp of this particular era of JRPG, the kind of 16-bit pixel adventure Uh and so I would check them out because they have a lot of releases for about five bucks a pop. And they are pretty decently uh, sized adventures, too. Like, they're they're pretty full length as well. And uh, they've got some nice modern accoutrements to it to make them slightly less frustrating, but nonetheless a challenge. And that's uh, Z-Boyd Games. That's Z-E-B-O-Y-D Games. I have a couple of theirs, uh, like some spinoffs and stuff they did. And they're really, really, really good. So if you're looking... For something in the meantime, you don't quite have 60 bucks. Uh, were those the guys who did that Penny Arcade game years ago? Or am yeah, I, thinking- I, I, I had one of those from like a Humble Bundle packet that I got. And then I looked at their other stuff like Call of Cthulhu and it's all really great. Really good stuff. Yeah, I've always wanted to get around to those. They're in my. They're definitely just in my Steam library from some bundle or something. Um, yeah, that's a good, good, uh, good recommendation. I think I'm going to get to that after Octopath. Yeah, they're, they're very solid very uh good streamlined experiences but octopath octopath is the real deal and uh yeah i I am looking forward to it even though oh it's so expensive that's my only problem well you know jack sonic mania is only 25 bucks (laughs) that's true well i've already got sonic mania maybe they'll give me an upgrade deal um i believe sonic mania plus is I, i don't think I know it's definitely not full price. That I can tell you. I think uh, it's like a ten dollar upgrade, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I think I think it's something yeah. like that. I believe I've I saw a five a or ten. Of games. I 
I realize that I'm a little bit rusty on Guilty Gear and I need to get back into Revelator and they've got Revelator 2 and I can upgrade that. So I just got to I'll pay the price of a full game to upgrade a couple smaller ones. Fine. <laughs> well, guys, what unfortunately, th- there's going to be even more things coming out because Anime Expo happened and there were some announcements that came out of Anime Expo. All sorts, whether it was anime, games, movies, what have you. AX, uh, a lot came out, a lot happened. Uh, Tim, uh, what was this particular thing, uh, well, this particular game in which I'm simply going to recuse myself. But but Tim, uh, go go on ahead. I'm going to recuse myself. (laughs) Okay, well, I don't know, you know, I don't know your own, your history with the franchise, but... Um, I'll be honest, like, uh, this Kill Lock Kill game, it looks good. It's not quite exactly the game I was hoping for, and I'll explain that in a second. But it's basically an upcoming game from Arc Systems' work that, uh, you know, I've seen the trailer. It looks like a 3D fighting game. It looks kind of like those Naruto games. I, I haven't played those myself, but it, that's what it looks like to me. Um, and it looks flashy. It has that style um, that the franchise is known for, you know, that over-the-top style. But what kind of disappoints me about this game is that I remember the uh, either the head or somebody at Platinum Games uh, who did Bayonetta and uh, that Metal Gear. Uh, I forget. It started with an R. I forget what the name of the game uh, Revengeance. was. Revengeance. Revengeance, that's it. Um, so they expressed interest in doing a Kill Lock Kill game at one point, and I was like, damn, that would be particularly amazing. Like, they have exactly the right over-the-top uh, spectacle fighter style that could perfectly complement that franchise. So, you know, the dream game would have been that, but uh, this looks cool. Will I buy it? Most likely not, but, you know, I think Trigger's whole panel had some cool stuff, Um, but, you know, I'll watch anything that's Trigger. Um, So, yeah, I'll just wait for that stuff to come out. I don't know. I most assuredly need to take a look at the Little Witch Academia game they made because it's essentially like the dungeon crawler that plays like set they made before the series came out on netflix yeah um you want to talk about studio trigger games that i know that that exists that's all i can say about the little witch academia game it exists on the beta that's a audience members it's really unfortunate because I realized I I need to do some research about this. So about about what well, actually Jack, if if it's on oh, the Vita, that's all you. Walk. That's all you, Jack. It's true. It's true. I mean, true. Uh, yeah. You know, just to go off on a tangent for a second, because I know on Twitter I said I would talk about the Vita a bit. Um, you know, I really like the Vita a lot, but man, just the way. Uh, Sony handled that thing and just you know it was such a such a disappointment because it's a really nice piece of hardware uh, and it has games that are good but it just like it it so never lived up to the potential that it could have had I mean I know this is like a common sentiment but like as like a staunch Nintendo person like I was like okay like the Vita is like definitely you know a step up it, it felt like when it came out I was like this feels like it could be a step up from anything Nintendo's done and it just didn't have the software to you know complement that but I do like the system it's a it's a very solid, well-rounded system, I think, that's capable of a lot of different things. And I think you're absolutely right in that. It, it, I just don't think anybody knows how to handle anything good these days. This is why we can't have nice things, is just a statement that you can place in front of anything. 
at any given time. It works. Yeah, you know, what me. I did like about the Vita, yeah. <laughs> but what did you, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, it's no problem. Um, what I liked about the Vita, though, is that you could play the PlayStation 1 games, and I definitely took advantage of that. So that was my favorite part of owning a Vita, is being able to go back and play those games. Because at the time, I didn't own, when I got the Vita, did I own a PlayStation 3? I can't remember, but I might not have when the... I don't think I did when the Vita came out. So, like, it was my chance to finally play, you know, some of the old PlayStation games that I hadn't gotten around to before. So, that was cool. So what I did, were some I of those a, games that you played? As uh, someone who, who loved his PS1, what were some of those games? Um, the one that I really remember the most was Final Fantasy IX, uh, which is my favorite Final Fantasy game. Um, I feel like it's really like a culmination of everything that series was leading up to, to that point. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's such like a vibrant, colorful game. It really goes into like the high fantasy stuff, which is more, more interesting to me than like something like Final Fantasy VII or even more like Final Fantasy VIII, where it kind of goes for a more realistic, um, look like it really like played into those like black mage you know mm-hmm. etc like uh you know archetypes that uh uh that that the franchise was kind of built on so yeah I, that is an aesthetic i can get behind yeah no I, I dug it a lot um i'd have to i'd have to go go you know check check through what else i played i'm talking this was a long time ago like it, it's it's been surprisingly long i guess since the vita came out like i was still in college when that came out so yeah. Oh, well, that all being said, uh, there are still plenty of games and plenty of things uh, to be seen from all angles of Anime Expo. David, would you like to share what you were excited for? Oh, sure. A couple of which sure I'm I also. Can. Yeah, th- these are two that I-, I know Jack and I have talked about at length, and I evangelized very early on because... Uh, 2018 has been the year of Netflix anime adaptations for me, uh, and seeing both Agretzko and Castlevania getting announced at Anime Expo, getting new seasons later this year and into 2019, made me so happy. And also, Castlevania getting an eight-episode season instead of four like the first season. That's so awesome. That is so much better. God, it's really actually watch that Castlevania. Oh, it's so good. It's so awesome. Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. I'm going to wait for the new season to come out, and then I'm going to watch it. Yeah, it's it's highly recommended that it's definitely one of those solid, not conditional, like, you might enjoy it, like, uh, you know, um, uh, goodness. Now I came for a second. What, what, Why what the hell is this me? Compulsive gamble. Just... Yeah. <laughs> it's solid. It's excellent the whole way through. <laughs> okay. I've heard only good things about it, so it's got to be good. But the other one that you're talking about, uh, Agatsuko, uh, now that I've only seen, I've only seen like one and a half episodes of it, and only because like when I was watching it, it was just like I was looking for jobs, and I still am looking for jobs, so it was kind of a little bit triggering. But uh, that I'm excited for. It's it is a fun a little show. It, it was uh, for for me, it was extremely relatable extremely true to life uh for good and for ill as someone who has lived that office life for a very long time and also someone who enjoys metal uh it was it connected with me uh, on that level so this show getting another season just ah just 
very, very excited. And again, it's- Netflix keeps churning them out. I- I'm very much pro Netflix. Whoever is getting their anime adaptations and picking them out, whoever they are, they're my friend. They're my best friend. Yeah. I, I definitely think that uh, not only is Agretzico relatable, but it's also just a really cleansing show to watch, too. It's enjoyable, entertaining, fun, funny, and you still feel like you're kind of getting a grasp on how to human a little bit better. So that's high praise coming from a show about a red panda. Yeah, I mean, again, I can't I can't add too much, but the comedy style definitely speaks to me. Um, this is incredibly random, but I definitely felt like the metal was very uh, the metal segments, just the singing. Like I was able to follow it without having to like stop and think about it. That that may sound weird, but like I feel like with a lot of Japanese lyrics um, that are translated to English, it can often be like very poetic sounding, um, and you know you have to stop and think about it. But because this is probably thought of as made for an American audience. They were able, able, able to take those lyrics and like make them something that instantly click. I don't know. That sound that may not make any sense, but that was no. Like it's it's absolutely correct, and, and yeah. it is consistent through the whole series, where uh, the lyrics are very appropriate with the songs themselves. They they make sense. Uh, it is not a weird English translation of Japanese lyrics. It it does work very well. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to watch. You know, maybe when we're done here today, because I just finished Hinamatsuri, um, finally. So maybe when we're done here today, I'm just gonna go watch that. I'm excited. Oh, I need I need to watch that. That's the one with the psychic girl, right? Yeah, it's actually it's really fun. I mean, when I, the first... I need to watch that after I finish up with Psychike to continue the the psychic children arc I'm seemingly going through. <laughs> <laughs> These are very good psychic children. Highly recommend I, them. I I will definitely get to that and. Uh, we'll... We'll report back on APOS about that. So thank you for – I've already been recommended it. So I guess thank you for doubling down on the, the earlier recommendation. So it's inevitable that I will watch it. I love the style of it for sure. Yeah, and I love the Yakuza angle in that as well. We don't have to talk about it too much. But like yeah. that, having just played Yakuza 0, that, that speaks to me a little bit too. Even though this is a little bit more of a fun-loving Yakuza than uh, the one portrayed in that game, but I definitely like me some absurdist com- comedy, and that's all I'll say about that. Well, then we can say some more things about something else. We'll go from uh, new to classic. Uh, as we're recording this, uh, people are celebrating the 30th anniversary of a little thing called Akira. You might. Oh, uh, I never it. heard of it. <laughs> you might oh, have heard of it. Yes, Akira. The, it was this thing. Anime. Oh, you know what? Yeah, it's that's an obscure. That's it, a deep cut, man. It's, man, this it's is kind one of those things. This is one of those one of those came out before I was born. Like, what the <laughs> oh, heck is god. This? oh god! Oh god! Oh, before you were born. Oh god! <laughs> oh god! Uh anyway, it's a birthday the, week with me now. So, uh, well, y- you did write about this on Crunchyroll today, Tim, uh, celebrating the 30th anniversary of Akira, the 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 movie that many still call an all time great. Uh, well, I'll ask you, uh, how are you feeling about Akira uh, writing this piece and overall? Okay, so um, I very much like this film quite a bit. Uh, on my first viewing, I was very unsure, and this is probably like four years ago. I was still just starting to get into anime as an adult, so like I had seen some stuff when I was younger, but like this was like me really starting to get into it. 
Um, and I didn't really understand the film at the time. And that kind of makes sense because the whole thing is kind of a mess. You know, it's, it's something it's, it's you know, uh, from a plot perspective. But what really stuck with me were the visuals. Like there are just so many visuals like Tetsuo um, kind of becoming that that mesh of like flesh and machine at the end. And just like the city itself really stuck in my brain. And when I rewatched it a couple months ago, um, it all kind of came together. I mean, I kind of understood the plot more as well, but just seeing those visuals again, it's so, so powerful, um, especially cause I like cyberpunk a lot. So though I won't say I'm like a master of knowing a bunch of cyberpunk stuff, but I just like the aesthetic. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of what I angled my piece on. I really, you know, honed in on this visual aspect um, as well as like the impact it's had, you know, on anime fans. Um, and, you know, at the start of the uh, top of the article, do you want me to just read uh, the first paragraph of my article? Because I kind of give like this idea of like the visual of what you're seeing. Go for it. By all means. Okay. Here's my dramatic reading. A city of I'm a, future... I'm a cyberpunk dork, so I appreciate this. Okay. I'm actually, I'm going to give a little bit of inside baseball here. Um, in the first paragraph, something was changed, and I'm just going to say it how I originally wrote it, because uh, I put in a little nice little uh, reference to a new Gorillaz album. So if you know anything about <laughs> that, feel free <laughs> to <laughs> All right. Um, a city of the future then and of the now now. An oppressive metropolis lined with flashing neon. Relent- relentlessly tough streets. Ravaged by teenagers consumed in a cycle of violence and debauchery intrinsic to their dystopian society. An ethos of cataclysmic revolution seeping up through the sewer grates and into the street. Okay, that's the first paragraph. That's, that's just to hook you into the article. And then you read the, the boring stuff. Or the not-so-boring stuff. I like it. There you well, uh, it's Jack. an excellent article. Thank you. It is an excellent. It is excellent. Uh, Jack, uh, you are the youngest uh, of this podcast, uh, and I, I don't am. know. There, there may not be time for old man DJM later, but well, I may squeeze <laughs> it in in a minute. Uh, what did you think uh, the first time you saw Akira? Have you gone back to it? What do you think? I need to go back to it uh, because when. I do get behind my laptop and just start scritching away and get some animation going. It, it, it tends to kind of follow some similar scenes to Akira because Akira is just one of those things I think everybody can agree, no matter how old you are, that it's on the bookshelves. It's been like in, in content in like bookshelves, like everywhere, not just like, like for normies. This is people, people care about this movie, regardless of whether or not they also watch anime on the regular, is what I'm saying. And it's influenced the way that I look at action at cyberpunk. And of course, it's influenced everything to such an immense degree. I don't know what we would do without it. I don't, I don't know. I, I need to watch it again very, very soon, for sure, for the 30th. That's unbelievable. There's a lot of thirties this year. This is a good year. Which other it is. ones? It's an old year. Uh, well, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is also this year. Okay. Uh, that was actually last month. Month. Uh, just about. Which was excellent. Uh, shoot, there was another one that I totally forgot. Uh, don't worry well, about it. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna say Metallica's and Justice for All is celebrating its thirtieth anniversary. That's so. That's good for me. 
Ooh, Metallica. <sighs> you know what? I have not heard that album. I've heard like every album that comes before that, but I think that was maybe I have. I don't know. I if I have heard it, I don't remember it. So I should go for, listen. To for it, me, that that's the album. That's the one. Okay, well you sold me. That's all you had to say. Now 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 I'm gonna go listen so- to it. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Not, I, no. I, I like this is like the this is like the real like uh, logical conclusion to our last uh, anime apos episode where we're just like, well, you should do these things, and now we actually have someone who's just like, you know what, I should. <laughs> Yay! I, you know what? It's sitting in my Apple Music. Why? I, like, I literally just have to double click on an album cover, and there's an album playing. So, hey, why not? That's I would say that for me, that album was. Very, very formative in my musical taste. That That is very high up on my list. Metallica is definitely a big, uh, I, I'd say a backbone of a lot of stuff that I really enjoy. For sure. The, the time up. I saw them live, I was so drunk that I can't remember it, but I enjoyed it. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, you, you enjoyed it. I lost my glasses in a mosh pit. That's what uh, I'm Sorry. Yeah. Oh my god. Jack, do you think it's time? Yes. I think it's time for me to fire up the Wayback Machine, and it's time to spend a little bit of time with old man DJ Ann. I remember. Thank God it's Wednesday. Oh, no. Now, you probably saw a story in the news, probably today or not that long ago, that there are only about two blockbuster videos left in the United States. Blockbuster video back in the day was where you could mm-hmm. find all the anime that you wanted, whether it was for the Sometimes kids or on maybe VHS. on VHS. On and you would and see you Ghost can... in the Shell, you'd see Tenchi Muyo, and yes. I picked up Akita once, and young DJM didn't really get it, because this is back when anime and Japanimation, as it was called back then, (laughs) and I will never never stop loving that word. I'm so tempted to drop that word in articles all the time, even though I wasn't like watching anime when Japan animation was a word, but I'm just like I, I just like it, you know. But then just then I'm like, great Nobody's word. Get it. It oh yes, really they good. will. Yes, they, they will. The ultimate power move and put cutesy emojis like, uh, you just, you just something and go and the artistic integrity of Satoshi Kon is widespread throughout his career. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Crunchyroll will go for it, but hey, I'll put I'll put it in the document, and if they it would surprise no, me if they don't. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, I innovated putting emojis inside of the tweets that they retweet for people to go out. So you know, maybe I'll innovate putting emojis into the feature articles. I mean, hey, people like it. That's <laughs> popular. Emojis are good. M- emojis are big. They are. I hear. But, yeah. I hear, yeah. I hear the kids like them. Like I said back then. I I didn't get it, but I knew that I was watching something that was extremely well-drawn. Even back then, just thinking of how well-drawn this was, was really a marvel. And and even catching it every now and then in bits and pieces on the Sci-Fi Channel or on Stars back then, until eventually Adult Swim picked up Akira. 
and I was able to watch it uninterrupted on a large screen TV. And it really is a technical marvel, not just for its time, but even now, just in terms of animation and movement. It is really a marvel. And as a cyberpunk dork, this is the nucleus for a lot of things that are really tuned to my taste, especially in anime. Dystopian cyberpunk is... I I consume that like water, most people know. So it is extremely influential in my taste. It is a beautifully drawn and animated piece of work. The story is a bit all over the place. If you really liked the movie and you haven't read the manga already, you probably should. You probably should check out the manga. I want to. It cuts deep. It cuts deep. But it's one of those that should be celebrated. And for it to be (laughs) 30 years old... (laughs) Oh, David. Just remember, before I was born. It really is. Who are you, Alara? What are we doing? Where's... Where, where's I've got Kaz? A for you. Where? It's C for cranberry. That was the style at the time. <laughs> I wore an onion on my bed. It was style at the time. We we used to watch the the cartoons from China on the Sci-Fi Channel when they still spelled it without the Y's. I don't know with the kids and the spelling and. And I don't, I don't know how they're how they're spelling words now. Jamil for me, uh, but yeah, Anime if you haven't seen Akira already, old. Yeah, it is. It really is. But if you haven't watched Akira, it's it's pretty much as close to a timeless piece of work as you're gonna get. So watch it's it. A, it's about damn time you watch it then. I, you know, look, I hate, I, I don't believe in gatekeeping anime but if you are an anime fan uh i think it's worth watching akira just for uh, both its influence but also just to like i guess i guess it's influence in seeing how other anime have been influenced by it and just will notice the influence like immediately yeah i think everywhere yeah it it was I, i will make a a film comparison because recently i watched the godfather uh, from 1972 by Francis Ford Corp- Coppola. When I watched that movie, I saw so many things that I now see in modern film. And thinking that that was made in 1972, I think a lot of people would have the same ideal with Akira. If you watch that now, you will see how much was created and thought out in that movie, and, and even in the manga, if you check out the manga, that happened today. Because at the time Akira came out, there was a real renaissance of science fiction and anime. There was a lot. Uh, but this one was unquestionably the best animated and best drawn for its time. So for that alone, just as a a complete piece, I think it's worth checking out. It is a huge 
influence to myself and, of course, people uh, uh, in my age group in terms of animation influence, for sure, it is right up there. It's like on everybody's list. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I don't know if if I would say it was one of the anime that was influential into getting me into anime, but it's one of the anime that, especially on rewatch, I've really appreciated for what it is. So that's 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 my two cents. Um, so I don't I don't feel like it's uh, it's something you have to like watch early on to get. I think I think if you watch it now, you will see why it's so beloved instantly. So yeah, uh, Jack. Something real quick we've got here on the docket. Uh, games done quick. SGDQ 2018. Yes. Uh, so I, I I caught a little bit of this. You caught a little I... bit. What what did you catch? I, I absolutely caught uh, as much of it as I could after the fact. Uh, caught some of it live. Thankfully, that that was that was a wonderful time. But um, you know, I only really just started to catch up with it, and uh, uh, oh my goodness, David! Uh, can I just say I know we have our differences every now and again. We really don't. We don't care that each other likes Sega and Nintendo. It doesn't matter because we could see the appeal for sure. Uh, but David, I think I can agree that you know we're we're not we get hype we're we're hype we're hype boys that take occasionally and I would say that single handedly some of the most hype stuff was on display in Summer Games Done Quick 2018, starting off with the Banjo Tooie run and running right into all of these fantastic runs. There was a Metal Gear run. Shantae Race, Iconoclast, brand new from last year, coming in strong. Great, great stuff. David, what did you manage to check out for the marathon? I will say that the thing that I checked out that is most of note uh, was courtesy of noted YouTube videographer Dan Olson, a.k.a. Foldable Human, and uh, his his co-host on his Twitch streams, Crystal, uh, who is also a Michigan native. What's up, Crystal? And he has been doing a regular speed run of the 2012 PS3 survival horror game known as Amy. Now, here's the thing about Dan Olson and a, a lot of the games he plays and a lot of the the content that he covers. He he is what you would call a trash consumer. He really lives and thrives on terrible games, terrible movies, and just terrible entertainment media. Awful games done quick. Amy I think he- is an awful game. <laughs> that for a little I think while that was part of that block. He he had the record for this. And he did this speed run and he was excellent at it. And there was also a moment from Crystal, uh, who was there on the couch. Uh, where she ran through talking about a level from start to finish, and instead Dan just did one thing and skipped over the level entirely. But it kind of broke a little piece of the internet because Crystal did that almost memorized in a fast-talking micro-machine sort of way, and for a little while, Crystal, uh, what's up, Crystal, uh, became a rap goddess for a little bit, and it was pretty entertaining to watch. Uh, of course, uh, your boy DJM caught the Sonic block, because of course he did, and it was nice to see somebody 
actually get through Sonic Spinball because for whatever reason, I feel like over the years, I'm the only person that can play Sonic Spinball and be like, what is everyone complaining about? Yeah, it's kind of a challenge, but y'all act like Sonic Spinball is literally impossible. And it's not. Sonic Spinball is not this impossible game. And something new in Sonic Mania, one of the bonus stages now, is is a pinball game. And I still see people that are like, ah, what do I do? And I don't know. Mm. Jack, is is pinball just Pinball is not hard. Pinball is is excellent also. Do do the kids just not know pinball? Well, they got rid of the Adams Family pinball machine. For the Shrek one, I don't know if that is detrimental to them playing pinball. I like pinball. Fuck it. I don't know. Pinball, to me, seems so much like a Kleenex. I I have no idea how to answer that question. That's like asking me, Jack, how would you feel if someone asked you uh, what a window was? Like, it's And what I have seen is that, to continue on that comparison... People think window and they're just like, you mean like there will be air from outside coming in? Whoa, whoa. And I have to have like pull on it to open it? What? What? Because I just saw a review earlier today for someone for Sonic Mania Plus and he he was doing a little bit of a playthrough. And the new pinball bonus stage had him absolutely befuddled. And during GDQ, for the last few years of GDQ, and a few other guys that I know that have done Sonic marathons, every single time they try Sonic Spinball, it's just an absolute nightmare for them. (laughs) And I figured out Sonic Spinball... Little DJM figured out Sonic Spinball on his Sega Genesis way back in the day. The last level was a challenge, sure, but I got it done. No codes, no Game Genie, no nothing. I I wasn't doing a speed run, of course, but I got it done. So I I don't know. Tim, uh, is pinball just a thing that nobody picks up on anymore? Like, Does nobody understand how to pinball? Well, I'm so glad you brought up pinball because a couple weekends ago I was at my uncle's house and they have a Lord of the Rings pinball machine. Now, I don't know much about Lord of the Rings, but I do like this pinball machine. Uh, We were having a family gathering and me and my uncle and my cousin were all playing and uh, somebody walks in the door. It's my grandmother. Uh, She got into pinball in the most intense way. Uh, She almost beat me. Um, And, you know, I was like... Damn, I wish you almost got there. Uh, <laughs> wish you got there. But it, but it was, it was, you know, I enjoy pinball. Uh, there's a pinball arcade near my dad's house I enjoy going to. Um, digital pinball doesn't quite capture the feel for me in the same way. Like, I like that tactile feel of hitting a ball. Uh, I'm not any good at it, but I like watching things light up. I like hitting the balls. It feels good. It just, it just instinctually feels good. So anybody who doesn't like pinball, that's whack. If if someone doesn't know about pinball, though, what what kind of a human being is this? What do we do with this sort of a creature? You know, make you them to... play Sonic Spinball. <laughs> yes, and after that, they can watch some other amazing runs. 
like uh i don't know if you checked out it was fairly late in the marathon it was one of the last things i was able to catch because i was often on work for the majority of that week but uh ocarina of time no surprise the nintendo 64 era of games is busted uh there was a run fairly late in the run in the marathon of ocarina of time but there was a randomized five by five bingo card of items to collect that they'd have to complete a row of bingo in order to complete the speed run and that kind of stuff kind of permeated this marathon it was very creative there were a lot of really fun races and uh you know a lot of interesting uh not usually foreseen uh before seen categories for previous returning games some new games of course cuphead and mario odyssey finally making the gdq lineup like As they should sonic have Mania. last time sonic media made yes, it this year absolutely yes absolutely but it, i believe it was also in agdq earlier this year Maybe. agdq 2018 I believe it I, I, was, but this is the first time that Mario Odyssey and Mar and uh, Cuphead have shown up in an AGDQ uh, event, a Game Stunt Quick event, I should say. So, do you mind if I ask a question here? Yes. Uh, oh, you do mind? I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So, um, what does it take for a game to be added to this? Because I always, you know, I'm very interested in the idea of speedruns. I, I rarely ever watch them just because I just don't have the time, but. Um, what is it like? Why are why are certain games decided to be like worthy of a speedrun and others aren't? I'm glad you asked. Uh, I think if you don't mind, David, I'll take this one because I think out of the three of us, I'm the one who's most versed in the speedrunning community. I actually know a couple of people who, you know, kind of flit around that cusp. Uh, I what I yield is, the floor to the gentleman from California. Thank you. Uh, what happens is speedrunners uh, that habit. Speed Demos Archive, which is this huge speedrunning community that basically officially archives the world records and pe- best personal PB attempts, personal best attempts of all games that you can possibly record. It's a huge archive. There's videos of uh, individual levels, ILs, full segments, uh, attempted segments, all kinds of stuff you can find on there. People have have their streaming information on there and that kind of stuff and the speed demos archive community will have a speed runner basically if there's been a fresh run that hasn't been shown at a, a games done quick event in a recent time then they can go hey guess what like for example something that did show up that i was very pleased about hey gdq paper mario just got a huge time skip for the any percent category do you mind if we give you a if can we have a two-hour block for a approximately hour 40 minute speed run 20 minutes to set up hour 40 to do the run and then maybe like another 10 to take it apart all that kind of stuff and then the people who are running the event will have to go in and you know obviously figure out what will fit where in an entire seven week block of these speed runs Usually trying to allot some time for the big ones like people really like Mario World and Mario 3. That stuff has made it up on uh, like the Tonight Show. And then, of course, the the new games, Sonic Mania, of course, and uh, as the aforementioned Mario Odyssey, which had recently had some uh, recent glitches, all kinds of stuff. There's all different kinds of factors. And uh, as I think I've spoken on this very podcast before, games like Cuphead can actually have... Uh, glitches that uh or things that are patched out that render the game on 
playable in a speedrun situation, as previously known, mere weeks before the event happens. So, you know, there's stuff. There's always stuff. There's all kinds of factors that, that I Whereas guess. Whereas with Sonic the short Mania. In the case of Sonic Mania, there there have been uh, glitches in the game that have been found that are very true to the 90s style, where if you've seen speedruns of some of the older Sonic games, they can do level skips through the whole zone. And Sonic Mania has those, too, uh, for some of the easier zones. However, uh, even the best speedrunners for some of the later zones have been like, okay, we're just going to have to play this one straight. And... I think that knowing that, uh, it, sometimes runs don't go so well, and that's to be appreciated too, <laughs> even is, even live. If if you if you want to appreciate that, there's an entire playlist. I think someone's aggregated over the entire uh, spread uh, AGDQ streams that have been archived of the infamous PJ and his partner. And cry Mecha Richter, who loved to play those kinds of garbage games, as you have uh, mentioned earlier. Uh, <laughs> I think you could find it over Games Done Quick, PJ and Friends, and all of them. All the runs are just just bad. The technical difficulties, controller failures, and the fact that he's playing things like Battle Toads and Ghouls and Goblins, Ghosts and Goblins, is you know maybe a little bit of uh, indication that he's maybe not dealing with the best odds there. Uh, Before we move on, I guess I would just like to quickly add that all that being said about all the glitches and games and everything that have been found is that recent game developers, can I just quickly say that they are fantastic about speedrunning? Celeste was featured uh, twice during the run, uh, during the marathon, and both times uh, it was mentioned that the developers really, really enjoy seeing what the speedrunning community does with their game, and uh, they don't try and be detrimental to it even while they're trying to fix the general gameplay uh you know through bug fixes and things like that so i think that kind of stuff is to be lauded and uh you know obviously you don't want something that's going to make the game uh completely beatable by everybody but if people are exploiting something and it doesn't hurt anybody to leave it in it's nice to see that people are doing that kind of thing while still trying to uh finesse their original release good stuff all around and if you want some hype the GDQ events are all on their uh, game demo, speed demos archive and games done quick YouTube channels. Everything's on there and it's all really fun and really enjoyable. And it all goes to charity. I did manage to make a quick donation, only 10 bucks this time around, but what can you do? Uh, I'm fairly certain it wasn't read aloud, but it's, it's to, it's for a good cause. So that's all that matters. Games done quick, everybody. Games done quick. All right, guys, it's time to talk some some big anime talk. So so let's just jump in, and we're gonna do some some big anime discussion like a bunch of professionals. Uh, it's the summer 2018 season, and uh, Tim and for folks out there that don't know, uh, periodically. I do a seasonal podcast with my friends Cody and Shay called It's in Season. And depending on how the seasons look or how we're feeling or in terms of burnout or whatever, we'll take a break. I have to say for summer 2018, I'm a little upset we did not decide to do this season because 
I gotta say, I'm really enjoying the anime that I decided to pick up on for 2018 summer. I picked out four that I mentioned on the last episode. I picked out three that I really liked and one that was a bit out of my comfort zone. And the two episodes that I've watched of each of them, except for one, which is a week behind, are all pretty okay for the most part. Uh, we're going to talk about Cells at Work a little bit later. We're, we're all going to get to that. Uh, oh, but also, yeah, yeah we are. Uh, I, I'll talk about Angle Moi. Uh, which is uh, for everyone that saw the trailer for Ghost of Tsushima at E3. It's essentially in the same timeline and in the same world. Uh, it is Japan at war with the invading Mongols. Uh, that's the one that's a week behind right now. The first episode I really enjoyed it was a good starter. And it seems like it definitely seems like Samurai is definitely making a comeback. There is a resurgence in samurai-focused content, and and I'm here for it, man. I really am. Uh, also, uh, another one that I'm watching is uh, Harukana Receive. That that is my yes, a- a- out of the comfort the, the, zone special. Breaker. The one and where I said I-, I wanted to break out of my comfort zone, and well, the first episode. Was there fan service? Yeah. Uh, yeah it was. Yeah. Uh, but it was But it was tolerable. Uh, and then we got, and then we got fan service in a second. And, and then we got to the volleyball, which was cool. And I noticed that one of the girls actually had like a tan. Because it's beach volleyball, so they're out in the sun, so obviously one of them had oh, a tan. Oh, man, that I haven't sense. seen a girl in anime have a tan since Azumaga Daio. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the last time that there was, like, a tan for story purposes. Like, someone was out for the purposes of sports, and she was actually tan. That's amazing. There is one of them. Uh, and there is a story that is formulating. Uh, although in the second episode, they really leaned into the fan service a lot. Like they really, really leaned into how, how much the girls enjoy each other's bodies, oh, more or less. Oh. Uh, wow, you I have, have so much to say. Breasts. Can I hold them? Yeah, there, there was a little bit of that. N- normally with anime, I, I like to give it the old four-episode shot. Right now, Harukana Receive, you're down to three. I'm going to give you one more before I decide. Uh, Lastly, uh, on Amazon Prime, uh, one that I think really has potential to be a hit, Banana Fish. Uh, Are there of you guys checking out (laughs) Banana Fish? No, but I'm still getting amused by that title all these weeks later. I'm sorry. Please enlighten me on bananas. Uh, banana fish is, uh, <laughs> despite its title, uh, it's it's kind of a gangster crime show that revolves around a young man in New York named Ash. That's and, like me. Well, there you go. Sorry. I, yeah, young man in New York. It's not. I it's think... probably it's it's probably not quite the same thing. They know who you there. are. <laughs> no, it's it's based off your life, and you now have to go into witness protection. In fact, you already well, did. Your name, in fact, was Ash before we started this podcast, but you, you had to don't change tell it. Them that. 
Yeah, don't I, tell him. I I hope it's not because <laughs> Ash has been through some stuff and and he's still going through some stuff. But ah, I think well. that if if this were not on Amazon, and even though I still don't think even that should be a detriment, I believe that this is a show that could be a hit. For, for me, th- this is going to be one of those shows where I'm going to be telling people about. Like, for the longest time in 27, uh, 2017, I was telling people to watch 91 Days. And it, it took a while for people to pick up on that one, but I watched it in its first airing. I'm kind of getting that vibe with Banana Fish. I, I feel like this may not necessarily be the big hit with the super duper weeaboo crowd but if you like anime and you like anime that isn't afraid to do something a little bit more uh outside of a genre because this is a a crime show uh it, it almost reminded me of the wire a little bit in some points it, because there's it, it, it's there's the police there vibe. are gangs and and yes for everyone out there it is yaoi like that there is some <laughs> that there is some some guys doing stuff but generally it's just i feel like this is this could be a very well done show from start to finish a- and it it gives me a vibe of how i felt about 91 days and then i hope people watch it i hope people check it out I, yeah, I, I i'm definitely i'm definitely liking the sound of it I am looking for something that can fill in the void of uh of my heart where Bacchano used to be because I miss I miss a, I give us a good a good kind of tale yeah, like that's so yeah. ba- Bacchano would be thing. apt. I think Bacchano is an apt comparison too. And and you know, I prefer the company of men. <laughs> Who doesn't? Anyway. <laughs> I mean, this sounds like exactly the type of thing I'd like. I love crime fiction. I mean, The Sopranos is probably my favorite show of all time. 91 Days was good. I enjoyed that a lot. So, yeah, I mean, this is definitely on my list to check out. I mean, a lot of shows I don't watch until they're finished just because I prefer watching them as a complete piece. But um, this is definitely, uh, you know, especially like super story based shows. But this one's is on my list to watch when it gets to that point. So, yeah, it's uh, really good. What have you checked out this season, Tim? OK, so the two shows I've checked out so far, one of which is Tells at Work, which we'll get to. Uh, the other is Chio's School Road. Now, the reason I checked this out is because I wrote uh, kind of a hype piece for Crunchyroll, uh, trying to get people to watch the show, um, you know, as as you do when you're working at a company like, company like Crunchyroll. Yeah. Um, and Chio's School Road. Um, so I read a couple. OK, so let me let me start with this. I, I read a couple uh, chapters of the manga and I really enjoyed it. Um, it was basically this uh, story about this girl who every day on her walk to school has this kind of crazy roadblock, um, whether it's like having to deal with some, you know, biker or having to like run across the rooftops, like in her words, like in Assassin's Creed, <laughs> um, you know, and it, the whole time you kind of get her inner monologue and like the anxiety she's feeling and is she going to get to school on time, you know, kind of the social, you know, interactions that she's having. And it's very cute. It's very relatable. So I liked it a lot. Um, and so I was like, okay, this anime, you know, I think it's going to be good. So I actively like went on Twitter and was telling people, hey, you should watch this. It's going to be good. I think it's going to appeal to a lot of the people who like Hina Matsuri um, because it's kind of going to have that, you know, uh, kind of uh, absurdist feel as you as you uh, noted earlier, Jack. 
Um, I've got some questions about the structuring of this. So is it primarily about her just trying to get to school? Yeah. So each about, episode, about it being blocked. That's excellent. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, each segment, I mean, the first episode. Okay. So I've only watched an episode and a half. And we'll get to that in a second. But um, each episode and each chapter of the manga, I guess I should say, is about her just trying to get to school. And each one's a new day. So the first time she's trying to, you know, there's an actual roadblock. And she had just been, like, up late at night playing Assassin's Creed. So she, you know, parkours <laughs> across the rooftops. Um, and, you know, it's fun. Um, the second one, she's, you know, gets stopped by a popular girl at school and she's like, has that interaction with her. So that's the inner monologue part of that's fun. Uh, the third one, she gets tied up with this biker, um, who kind of like, she has to like meet with a battle of the minds to like get away from. So it's like, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of silly stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, you know what it's giving me vibes of, it's giving me vibes of two things, one anime and one not, uh, you know either of which might be familiar to you and our listeners is it's reminding me of a similar kind of absurdist comedy that has that kind of one track this is x doing x and and that's you know the barest concept of it is uh uh haven't you heard i'm sakamoto where it's basically just cool dot cool guy does cool guy things and people who aren't cool guy try to thwart cool guy that's basically you know it's it's as basic as that of like girl goes to school school continues to be more and more outlandish to get to it's also sounding from you know the premise itself very similar to phineas and ferb actually okay i even watched it actually uh, no, okay, so it's got that very similar kind of formulaic. It's got the exact opposite. It's two kids on summer vacation, and they are bored, so they do more and more outlandish things every day and don't get caught by their parents. I mean, there's that a recurring of... theme here. Yeah, the definition of yeah. insanity, I would say. Yeah, like um, the, the, the logical conclusion, and I think, I think Japan is a reigning supreme when it comes to this kind of comedy, and I want to name it something. A possible listeners uh if you have a suggestion i'd be very curious but i'll keep thinking about this because it's been on my mind of this kind of streamlined comedy that they can do but uh please go on okay so my thoughts um so yeah so i wrote this article for crunchyroll saying hey people should watch this obviously i mean what else would i say um but no but like genuinely i was like okay i think this is going to be a cool show that a lot of people might overlook now uh, the anime comes out, and I watched the first episode, and instantly in the opening, um, there is some. Uh, let's just say, uh, let's just let's just cut right to the chase. Uh, let's call, the, call this bouncing breast syndrome, um, well. where yeah. So and and in the manga, there's absolutely no fan service, right? So this is completely catching me off guard. And we were talking about fan service earlier, and it's like, who is this in service of? Because uh, people who read the manga you know, aren't going to be looking for this. This has nothing to do with what the manga had. Um, so it's not servicing them. And the anime is just starting. Um, and so there's no, like, anime fans at servicing. But, like, even then, like, it's not the type of show that's going to attract those type of people. Like, not, I, I say those type of people. I don't mean that in a pejorative sense. I just mean, like, there are certain anime that are, like, are for fans, or, like, are meant for fan service. And I think that's perfectly okay, you know. It services a, a, the person who would want to watch that. Um, <laughs> this sounds really judgmental, but I swear it's not. Um, but like to put it in a show like this, where like 
there's one segment uh, in the first half of the first episode where like there's this mother and their kid and like the mother's breasts are just bouncing up and down like and they have like the boing sound it's like it's so distracting. It makes no sense. It's about like this show should be about like a girl with like her inner awkward monologue trying to get to school and like outlandish situations. And then you just have that distracting element where it just it's like it constantly just shows its head like or its breasts, I guess I should say, Um, constantly. Like, So have you read any of the manga? No, no, yeah. So I so when writing the Crunchyroll article, I read a couple of chapters, uh, like three chapters of it. So I've 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 read the chapters that I've watched, and it's not in there at all. So it's intentionally put in there for the anime. And beyond that, the anime is also like very much a um a, a direct adaptation of the manga in the sense that like it feels like you're watching an animated manga. You know, it's kind of frame for frame taken from that, and that's never really, in my opinion, it doesn't really adapt. It's not a good adaptation in that sense. Like it's not. Yeah. It's not. Would you? Yeah. Would you recommend people read the manga instead is what I'm asking? Oh, um, yeah, sure. I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, you know, I, look, I don't read much manga. Um, so I was only really reading this because I was writing something. For yeah. Control, but I did enjoy it, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if, if the original concept I talked about sounds fun to you, then absolutely give it a go. Um, I think it's I think it's getting an official release um, sometime soon. You know, I had to go through other means just because I had to write about it. But. I think there is, I'm pretty sure you have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure there is a legal release coming out soon, if that matters, um, which I think Excellent. is awesome. So, yeah, I would recommend the manga. I would not recommend the anime. I watched half of the second episode just because I'd read the manga to that point. And I was curious, um, and then I bounced, not bounced, bounced not in the way that the breasts do, but. <laughs> Sorry. So <laughs> I would recommend the manga or, or the anime we're about to talk about because i think we all watched this without exception we all watched the first episode of cells at work right oh yes and i I caught the second and jack okay i'm just gonna go ahead and say uh, in the same way that i feel like banana fish is really good but may not necessarily be a hit i think cells at work could be a big smash hit i feel like this has breakout potential I'm sent this to an easy thing to cosplay. I'm thinking about that immediately. But before we get into anything, I have to be gratuitous. I'm sorry, David. This is an APOS moment in history, and it has to happen. Meet Ozzy and Drix, private eyes. Cutting germs, viruses <laughs> down to size. Busy defending all their vendings. They got guts and verbs, vivid bird, the bat of the bone, butter in the bladder, put a seam in the spleen, put the hustle in the muscle, put a hip in the hips, the word on the lips, ideas in the brain, keeping them sane. Ozzy and Drix. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, we di- I did mention Osmosis a- Jones Osmosis on the last Jones episode. The Which is equally as fun and creative. And I think for the benefit of the content in this, for my sanity as well, the visual style and presentation of this has not shown us the external human because as as known in the Osmosis Jones film of which they originate, that's kind of a problem. That's the worst part of the movie by far. Yeah, I, um, I, I don't cells think at work. Yeah. It's it's more. It looks more to be more of a structure. There's kind of a building uh, feel of it, more of a town. I might even say. 
Uh, but, you know, I immediately thought as I watched it and saw everything in color and motion after looking at all the manga illustrations, my first thought, David, you know me, was this is going to be so easy to cosplay from. Oh, yeah. And I immediately oh, yeah. thought about making that stupid hat with the little uh, reactor on for the white blood cell. Like, I immediately started searching out for, like, a white snapback and, like, okay, I'm gonna make this dumb-looking lollipop to put on this, because that's such a great thing. It's, oh, it's so good. Good things. The, the I, first I thing that I, I really latched onto, the first thing I really latched onto with this show was how with the story and everything that's going on in this body, the narrator always pops in just at the right time to explain the anatomical function of everything that's happening. And to me, that is it's just wonderful. I love it. It's it's wonderful. It's educational. This is kind of striking me, David. Uh, this is giving me flashbacks to uh, this was a little bit after my time. This was people younger than me. Uh, in their history classes at high schools were bringing in episodes of Hitalia during relevant lessons. I'm wondering yeah. if this is another kind of going to be a similar phenomenon for this, uh, where during a relevant biology lesson, you might be watching an episode of Cells at Work. I'd love to see this dud. I think it could do some, you know, really great good because it is very informative at key moments in the story. To help with the action, to yeah. keep you informed with things. I actually knew a lot of the anatomical terms going into the show because I have taken a lot of anatomy courses. Big surprise, why? I don't know why. Mm, doesn't seem like I'd need that as an artist. Yeah, but I mean, I, uh, uh, you know, it, it definitely it's very it's a lot of fun uh, coming in from whatever level of uh, schooling you got on the human body. I'd say. Uh, Tim, go ahead. Really Yes. Oh, no, sorry. It's, 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 no, it's okay. Um, see, I, I find it very interesting you say that because, um, first of all, this is another one where I read a few chapters of the manga, and uh, there is definitely a lot, a lot more interstitials in that, explaining even more than there are in the anime. Um, I feel like the anime does a good job of explaining some things, and some things it gets a little bit too technical for in the terms of like you're watching something and you don't want to like pause and like look something up. So I think it could be a little bit more layman at some moments, but I do agree that like that educational angle elevates this even further than just like some, you know, silly, sometimes slightly action oriented, you know, show. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's really cool. I agree with you that like seeing it in a classroom would be, um, be a fun way to, teachers so yeah yeah on that angle of the show i agree i just think maybe they could be a little bit more like open to somebody like me who does definitely does not know in depth all of the terms although i guess i understand you know the major parts of the body how they work so you know i kind of have that going for me i do now, think that guys... uh, on Crunchyroll, they're doing a very good job of the subtitling uh, explaining yes. the anatomical functions and in, in the biology as it were. I think they're doing a really good job of that. So for anyone out there that is watching this to make sure you're paying attention to the captions during the crunchy roll stream. So with all of the characters and the things that they're doing, uh, especially in episode two, episode two is really wild. Uh, they, they really do a good job of explaining everything that happens. And also, Something that will probably get forgotten, I hope it isn't, the way they draw the germs in Cells at it's Work. It's so cool. 
you see how all of the the human the internal parts of this body are all very human very normal they're very human and wearing basic human style clothing very very uniform very plain and then you have these very alien monstrous foreign looking creatures it's an excellent visual contrast yeah that's a good point uh i just gotta say though on the Crunchyroll subtitles i have to agree with you they're incredible just just so great i'm not paid to say that technically (laughs) neither am i (laughs) now before you guys get into um if you want to talk a little bit about uh maybe a little bit more in depth of episode two uh the 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 little basic observations that i am making are uh definitely got a cosplay white blood cell that'll be easy 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 peasy uh but can we just all acknowledge that the platelets platelet let's have Love them them are just the awesome. cutest goddamn love them that is love them that makes me feel so happy just they're helping you with your cuts and bruises god damn it that's so helpful and they're so in cute. episode two they really really bring it in episode two they're great i'm excited yeah i'm quite excited and uh in my notes that i wrote up for this podcast just so i had something to reference i have in capital letters platelet kids are cute and this is something i also was able to sell a friend on today to watch the show i was like hey look at this and he was like yeah i'm watching this um so yeah they're they're great they, they're like so far what makes the show i like i like the like the two mains as well but like they're just I'm so much forward fun. I'm really looking forward to seeing what macrophage is. I mean, I know what macrophage is all about, but like, I'm interested in seeing what this, you know, this woman that's dressed as a scullery maid with the full, you know, lace refinery is going to do in this story. I'm looking forward to it. If you know anything about macrophage when it comes to the human body, then look forward to it, I guess. If it hasn't come up in episode two, I'm very excited. Yeah. yeah I mean, so she looks go ahead. No, I, I saw. I say. I all say is that her and her butcher's axe. Uh, I'm definitely, definitely waiting for the chopping block here. Make your face break bacteria and other nutrients down. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so look forward to that, guys. And and look That'll forward to some... cells at work. If you're not already watching it, cells watch at work that is very one. Good. I I it's really very... feel like that one could be a hit. I really do. I'll, I'll put Last this, thing I yeah. wanted to mention about it is that it's got a very uh, kind of dialed back uh, color palette. It's very colorful and very bright, but it's definitely along the lines of the flesh tones or tones, jewel tones for the germs, that kind of thing, for the most part, which I really appreciate. Um, I think it's it, it stands out visually. I don't know if you, you guys have any... Um, input on that whatsoever but it definitely stands out from other anime i think people will know what you're watching when you look at it i agree too especially with how the white blood cells are like entirely like like they are yeah they're basically near from uh death note let's get that out of the way too (laughs) yeah i mean i mean i feel like it's um... not space dandy in terms of brightness (laughs) (laughs) although space dandy is another very like iconic one but yeah i agree I mean, I think this show. I agree. I mean, I think it's. I think it's definitely going to be a hit within the uh, more like the Anna Twitter type of community, the type of community that's very like deeply into anime. Um, and I think people who are outside of it would really enjoy it too, especially if you like the academic angle. Um, if you're if you're into academics in any capacity, you definitely want to watch this. 
Um, so yeah, high recommendation. I think, you know, I rarely watch anime seasonally anymore, but I probably will keep up with this one um, just because I'm enjoying it so much right now and I don't want to wait, you know, two and a half months to catch more. So that's a high, that's a high recommendation for me. That's about as high as I can go. This is a seasonal anime that I definitely do not see myself getting burnt out on. And I've, I don't consume as much seasonal anime as a lot of people. And I do take breaks, but I feel like this is one that I'm going to keep up with enthusiastically. And I, I have a feeling I will not be the only one. Excellent. Good yeah. stuff. Very, very good stuff. Tim, thank you so much for joining us. This no, has been a such a fantastic anime uh, podcast of some kind. That's not right. Tim, where can our listeners reach you and find your stuff? out on the interwebs cool um the best way to find me is just to follow me or uh, on twitter at at tamer tray uh, that's t-i-m-r-a-t-t-r-a-y um basically uh anything i post whether it's on my blog or crunchyroll or elsewhere will be posted there um otherwise you can find me on crunchyroll i believe uh my my you know i don't know my url off the top of my top of my head but if you go to my uh, twitter page you'll find something so anyway Yep, that's, that's and Tim. Way. I will make sure all of that is in the show notes for the podcast. Don't you worry about that. And once that's again, nice. thank you so much for joining us on APOS. Uh, and thank all of you for listening to this episode of the anime podcast of some sort. I'm David. You can follow me at please call me DJM. You can follow Jack at at not please call me DJM. <laughs> at please call me Jack. Yoshi Star Spirit on YouTube. <laughs> oh, no. We're starting with the worst one. Uh, but also at Jack D. Tyler D. on Twitter. And yes. everyone, once again, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in the not-too-distant future to talk more about cartoons and have more conversations about Japanimation. Thanks for Animation. listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you.